Come on, Fanny. Now remember, you told me that you were going to be on your best behavior today. I'm expecting that. I will. No messing around. Okay. All right. You're always bossing me around. Well, you never listen. Watch your step. All right. Okay, we don't want to disappoint these, I mean, disappoint these lift ladies. You've been drinking? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So, we've been invited here by the lift ladies. Don't you think that... Not that kind of lift, I told you now. You need to be on your best behavior. Okay. Best, I said. Okay, so the lift ladies invited us here. Now, I'm thinking that's just so clever, don't you? Lift ladies in fellowship together. Lift. Okay. No. Oh, my goodness. What am I going to do with you? Okay, so we were invited... There's people out there. Behave yourself. That's, you need to take your own advice. Anyways, we're here to give you some gardening tips for those of you who are serious gardeners like us. We, we like to get an early start. And, you know, in Michigan, with frost one day, snow the next, sleet, rain, it's hard to get your gardens in early. So we have a few tips for you here today. Tip number one. Make sure you have everything you need to get started here. I went to the neighborhood dollar store, bought myself a couple of nice little trays here and some cheap little cups. And we're going to start our garden indoors. That's what this is going to be all about here today. How to Great value. Them is cheap. They are. Okay. So we have our trays, our cups, and then any kind of dirt will do, but... When I'm working with Fannie Mae here, I always use miracle Grow because it takes a miracle for anything to grow that she plants. <laughs> so miracle grows the dirt for me here. So I filled a few cups already. Fanny's going to do some demonstrating here. I think she can handle it. Um, there's a nice little tip that I do here. This might be helpful for some of you. You can take... Any kind of little stick or even the end of a wooden spoon or something, get you some bright colored tape, measure up an inch for, for green bean seeds. It takes an inch. So Fanny's going to do this one. You just poke it in right to the bottom of that tape there. And mine is for the tomatoes. And it's the half an inch mark. So you just poke her in there, plant your seeds in there, now, you're putting green bean seeds in yours. Don't get them mixed up with the squash over there, okay? All right. So you just put your little seed down in there. Squash? Cucumbers you're doing, cucumbers. Green beans? Put them down in there. Okay. Why are you putting your finger in it? I'm just pushing them down the dirt a little bit. Then you cover them up. First, you've got to get yours in there. Put them in there. Okay. Kind of cover up the seed with the dirt a little bit there. This is going to get you a nice early start for your garden. You can't transplant them until the frost is all gone, though. Now, <laughs> now, once the seed's covered up with the dirt and you take these here trays, you can put them right in your east windows, the best window of the house. 
put them right there where they get some morning sun. And then each morning, give them a little squirt there. You don't want the dirt to dry out. You don't want the dirt to look cracked or anything. You want to just keep it kind of... Now, Fannie Mae, you're it supposed to be on your best... a little dried and cracked there. We're talking about the dirt, not my face, oh. Fanny. The oh. dirt. Okay. Yes, water the dirt, not me. All right, Fanny. You promised me you weren't going to be horsing around today. I'm not. You're supposed to be giving these people some tips on gardening. There's some nice-looking people out there, ain't there? <laughs> Much nicer-looking than you, I must say. All right. Aren't we just busting at the seams after that lunch? I know I am. <laughs> yes, you are too. Yep, you are too. Okay, so that once good. Once we get these little babies all done, the lunch it was good. Yes, it was very good. Your hearing ain't no good anymore, is it? Yes, it is. All right, so you put these in the east window, spray them like I said each morning, little squirt just to keep them nice and moist. And then probably in like a week or so, you're going to see little things start growing in there. Green beans in his case, tomatoes in mine. And I think it's just amazing how God made these little dinky seeds here. I mean, they're tiny. He they made they, them. They ain't alive either, are they? To grow. No, they're pretty dead. He made these to grow up and they produce right after themselves. The tomatoes will give us tomatoes. The cucumbers will give us cucumbers. So everything produces after itself. You produce corn, don't you? What? What are you talking about? The doctor said you had corns and bunions on your feet. Oh, we are not talking about my foot problems, Fannie Mae. We are talking about growing vegetables in that kind of fruit. Although... Remember when we used to plant the garden with Mama? She used to tell us Bible stories all the time. Mm -hmm. And she said... I miss her. Me too. But she used to tell us that Christians need to produce fruit also. It's like people are like that little dead seed. And they get stuffed down in there and are just laying there, doing nothing. Then, if they accept Christ, and people come along and they water them and take care of them... And I don't know why they wouldn't accept him, do you? No. No, I don't, because that's when life happens. Mm -hmm. So once that little seed starts growing up, the Christian gets watered and nurtured, and someone comes alongside of them and squirts them. water. Waters the them. Yes. Once we are watered, we should be producing fruit, too. So it says right in the Bible that a Christian's known by the fruit they produce. And it's not corn, Fanny. It's not I producing corn. Even though I might have some on my feet. Mm-hmm. Bunions, okay. too. Yes, is that, bunions, is that like too. Onion? Bunions are like onions. Are they? I don't think so. Oh. So, anyway, there's your little lesson on gardening today. And as long as you keep these things watered and Christians get into the Word and they're nurtured... Did you say water? Keeps growing. No, I did not say water. All right, Fanny. I think we're about finished here. You might just want to do like we did here and dump some of your miracle Grow right in a bowl. It's easier for Fanny to spoon into the little cups. That's a miracle. 
It is a miracle. Okay. All righty then. If you have any questions on gardening, feel free to come talk to us after, all right? We'll see you next time. Watch your step. You too. They, like, they make me laugh every single time. Every time he talks, right? Every time, I mean she, Fannie Mae. Every time Fannie Mae talks. <laughs> I told Keith, you should, do, you should go up and do that with him, with them. No way he won't ever. I do have, there was a Halloween that I got him in a dress. <laughs> he wore my mom's sandals. Don't tell him I told you that. Oh, goodness, I don't think that he would like that. <laughs> well, before we get into the talking about the scripture today, I wanted to just take an opportunity to, and I appreciate the opportunity to give you an update on the Radiant Wellness Ministry. Um, but first of all, some of you don't know me and my family, and I just thought I'd bring a picture. Um, this is my husband. In my four kids, some of you know me um, from the ministry, or or you you know you see kids up here sometimes, but you're not sure whose they are. So I've got Alan up there and Abby on the right, and then Melody and Evan. But uh, they've grown up here, and they're my special blessings. Keith and the kids. Keith is a kid often, but <laughs> and then um, regarding the Radiant Wellness Ministry, I brought a special. Uh, slideshow. <laughs> Some of you are in it, and you're going to be surprised that I put it. But I just wanted to, to show you a little bit about um, what we do on Tuesday mornings and when we are running our class. That's this is um, these are slides from our Rev Fit class, Revelation Fitness, which I'm going to talk about here in just a second. But I wanted to give you a glimpse of what we do. Um, Radiant Wellness Ministries, that's the ministry that, uh, that we have here, f exists to support, teach, and encourage others towards health and wholeness, physically, but also mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Um, I, that name came, comes from Psalms 34, 4 and 5, that says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears, those who look to him are radiant with joy, and their faces will never be ashamed. And uh, this is a, a passion, um, a heartfelt calling I believe God has called me to. And um, he's given me a vision for a center in Emily City. But right now we've started meeting here. And um, it is a revelation wellness-based ministry. Some of you ha haven't heard uh, all that I've talked about that, but their mission is to love God, get healthy, be whole and love others. So we use fitness as a tool to spread the good news gospel message of Jesus. And, um, we, Julie and I are fitness teacher, gospel preachers. They call us, uh, certified revelation wellness instructors. We seek to bring health and healing through Christ to a lost and hurting world. That is our, our mission. We believe that as the body of Christ gets healthy and whole, we will be fit.
for our purpose and to proclaim this and spread the love of God um, to the ends of the earth. And I don't believe that when, when we aren't whole, I know for my own, my own life, when we aren't whole, we, we do not have the confidence to do what God's calling us to do. We don't have the strength. We don't have the courage. And um, it's not about being perfect, but it's about really seeking the Lord for health and wholeness. And so it's not about the fitness. While you saw a bunch of people working out and you see, hopefully you could see that it was all ages. And I mean, I've had people in my class from 20s to 80. And uh, it's so it's all ages, all body types, all uh, fitness levels. And we really work hard while I do push, um, push you physically. I, I hope that everyone knows from what we tell them that, Please move at your own pace. Please move uh, in your own way. It is not about what I'm doing. It's about us moving together and moving in the Lord. And that's what we enjoy. But we meet every Tuesday mornings. Um, right now, during the Bible study, until it's over, we meet from 8.30 to 9.30 for a Revelation fitness class. And then after the Bible study is over, we'll continue meeting, but we'll just extend our time a little bit and have more of a support time during that as well. So... We are also Radiant Wellness Ministries. That's the ministry under underneath this church. Um, that is on Facebook. So I would love it if you had a chance to go onto that page and um, just plug in Radiant Wellness and, and like it. You'll be able to get information. We've been blessed to have an opportunity to bring Revelation Fitness classes to the 8020 Club in Lapeer. That is um, like right downtown. Um, they have asked us to partner one of the guys that, that is a manager there, Tim Strunk, he goes here, and he asked if we might be able to, to do that. It's more of a community outreach, and so it's, it's a way we're using to be able to go into um, the shelters, uh, Lakata, anywhere we can, and invite and really try to bring in people, um, our opportunity to present the gospel, but their opportunity to also really work at getting healthy and whole. Anyway, that's about the Radiant Wellness Ministry. I am going to open up in prayer before I start talking about the scripture. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity to come and share what you've given me. Lord, as we do come to just be still and listen for you for a few minutes, Lord, we want to hear from you. We know that uh, you move us, that your truth is powerful. We know that um, you desire relationship with us. Thank you for uh, all that you've given us today through food and through entertainment. But God, as we just open your word, I humbly come before you and ask you to open it before us. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you that you want relationship with us. Open our hearts to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're not allergic, take that flower out that I gave you or my daughter gave you. Pink carnations are my absolute favorite. When I smell them, why don't you do this for me? Close your, if you're not allergic to them. Close your eyes and just smell. Take a real long smell. 
kinds of emotions or feelings are evoked in you when you take a look at it or when you hold it and smell it? What kinds of feelings and emotions are evoked? I need some answers. Peace? Happiness? Huh? Fresh? What else? Beauty? Love? Anything else? Sanders got a word. Um, according to recent behavioral research conducted at Rutgers, which is the State University of New Jersey, the presence of flowers triggers happy emotions, heightens feelings of life satisfaction, and affects social behavior in a positive manner. Um, when you were given the flower, everyone I gave one to, I saw a smile. Yeah? You, you like, thank you. You know, you're... You, and I felt that. Um, one of the results sh showed in that study that flowers are a moderator of moods and can change a person's mood instantan in instantaneously. This happened to me a couple weeks ago. Can you show that slide, TJ? I got a beautiful gift from my secret sister, Pink Carnations, and I cannot tell you the joy it brought. Just, I, I don't know, there's something... My parents used to give me pink carnations when I was little. So, like every birthday, the carnation is the birthday, my birthday month, and um, so it's. I don't know if it's just sentimental. Is that my phone dinging? <laughs> Can you just turn it off, sweetie? Anyway, so my secret sister gave me this gift, and and I put it on my Easter table, and. Every t I kept it there while I worked, and um, every time I smell it, it it just was like what the the emotions you said peace, just fresh, like it it was relaxing to me. Um, another thank you, TJ. Another um, result showed that flowers make people happy. Participation participants showed true or excited smiles when they received flowers, showing extreme happiness and gratitude. And um, some other, other results of that study. Flowers make you feel happier for longer. So participants reported that they felt less depressed after receiving flowers. Some of you know these things are true because you, you have flowers in your home for, the, for a certain reason. Um, flowers create intimacy. Display of flowers were placed in the areas of a home that are open to visitors. So like a foyer, living room, a dining room, which suggested that flowers are a symbol for sharing with loved ones. So these are all results from that study. Um, I just started doing a little research on that after um, Maggie asked me to talk, and I know the theme was a walk in the garden. And I know that gardens are not just flowers, but that was just the freshest, the the most obvious thing on my mind was when I go into a garden, I usually think of flowers. Um, but how do gardens help us? So there's many, many benefits of gardens. Uh, many of you know them. Reduce, they reduce the impact of food deserts in low income and allow, or low income areas and allow residents greater 
um, access to nutritious food. It strengthens community ties. Uh, these community gardens where they have, um, where everyone kind of participates in it. Um, they reduce negative environmental impacts by promoting sustainable agriculture. They help improve air and soil quality. They provide healthier nutrition. Increase free, I, have a, I have a reason why I'm going over this stuff. They increase fruit and vegetable intake. Um, they improve mental health and promote relaxation, which is kind of what we, we already talked about. But gardening is good for your mind and body. Studies show that merely looking at a garden or plants can generate changes in such things as blood pressure, heart activity, muscle tension, and brain electrical activity. Through colors and textures, gardeners can invoke emotions of calm, tranquility, and happiness. So, Renee, what's that got to do with what we're talking about today? Well, the walk, a walk in the garden, we, that's our theme today. In Psalm 62, I'm going to read um, verse 5 through 8. If you have your Bible and want to turn there, go ahead. My soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. And Selah is defined as a a Hebrew word that has been found in the ending of verses in Psalms and um, some other books and has been interpreted as like a, a break or a pause in their singing, which isn't, you know, Psalms or songs. Um, and it, it's, it's not, there's not a specific meaning for it, but it may mean forever. Um, but the use of it by the author is to pause, to take a pause, to carefully consider what was spoken. So I liked that, um, just understanding what, what, how Selah was used there. But there's many different forms of gardens in the Bible. There's, so in Genesis, there's the Garden of Eden, where the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, this is where God intended man to be. Intended, he intended to provide our every need there. There's vegetable gardens and vineyards where fruits and vegetables are, so that's provision. There's gardens by the river. In Nehemiah, it talks about the king's gardens. In Esther, it talks about the palace gardens. Isaiah talks about the garden of the Lord. Um, Isaiah 51.3 says, Joy and gladness were found therein, thanksgiving and the joy, or in the voice of melody. And Isaiah 61.11 says, As the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. I love those because it, it, it kind of reflects, you know, what comes from those gardens, what joy or joy and gladness, thanksgiving, melody. Not melody, but... Um, you know, the things of God that are sprung forth, righteousness. Um, Jeremiah thirty-one twelve talks about their souls shall be like a well-watered garden, and they shall sorrow no more at all. 
So talking there about no more sorrow. Matthew talks is the prayer in the garden about um, the Mount of Olives or Gethsemane. And we know what that what that represents. Luke is talking about the parable of the mustard seed. Luke thirteen nineteen it um, said it grew to a large tree. The mustard seed grew to a large tree, and birds of the air nested in its branches. So it was supporting other life, other creatures. But how can we enter or experience the garden? So those are those are all just different areas of gar- gardens that I could find in the Bible. But how can we? experience the garden. When, when we think about a walk in the garden, what is it that, that is evoked in our minds? And to me, I kept trying to think of what, you know, what areas do I, what, what, where can I find that garden? And um, really, I came up with two different ways that the Lord really gave it, gave me in my mind. So in John 15, oh, I didn't even look that up. The master gardener, he's, that is the first the first way I wanted to talk about. I'm sorry. John, I meant to look this up first. John 15, 1 says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Um, and so we know that he is the master gardener. I mean, it goes on to talk there in that chapter, verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And then verse 7 through 12, I thought was really good. Seven, I should have gotten a book with bigger words. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I can't find the seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you have desire and it shall be done for you by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples as the father loved me i have also loved you abide in my love if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as i have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love i think that's all through 12 but anyway so we the word Right? The Word, God is the Word. John 1, 1 says at the beginning was the Word. The Word was God and the Word was with God. Uh, Romans ten seventeen, faith cometh by hearing and hearing from the Word of God. Um, John six sixty three. it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Life. Proverbs 4 5 says, Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. God puts a special emphasis on his word and his word that breathes life into us. Um, so, Master Gardener, spending time in his, or how do we have access to the Master Gardener? By spending time in his word, by getting to know his word. Um, so in that first verse that talked about husbandmen, was that John fifteen one? The yeah, the husbandmen. I wasn't sure what husbandmen meant. That's the farmer or the worker of the soil. You know that he's the one that works works all things in us. Okay, so we have access to that garden. 
the husbandman through his word, but also through prayer. Um, What is prayer? I sat and just was trying to ponder because to some people that's difficult. They, they're um, hesitant to pray or they don't think that they pray right or they think that they don't have beautiful words. Um, but prayer, prayer is just converse, intimate conversation with the Lord. We, it's, it's personalized. It's communion with him talking with him as if he's right across the table from you. And and it's not something we have to be embarrassed about. It's not something we have to have the right words for. It's not something we um, need to be afraid of. It's just communication with him. Um, Getting to know, I, I handed out a sheet, if you could just look at it real quick. As you get to know who God is, I, this is one of my favorite ways of concentrating on the Lord or praying is getting to know his names, his characteristics. Um, Jehovah Rapha, our God, our healer. Um, Oh, that's on the back. Jehovah, I am who I am. Sometimes we just need to cry out to that power. Um, The omnipotence, his good, his loving Jehovah Jireh, the God, our God, my provider. Um, I handed this to you because I think if you haven't studied these or haven't read through these, I think it's a great way. But sometimes you, sometimes it's just picking one or two out that you just want to cry out to, and um, knowing that and getting to know Him as these, getting to know His faithfulness, His loyalty, just in my own journey. Over the last few years, I couldn't, I could not have, um, what I, how would I want to put this? It, it was a time that drew me closer to him. It was a time that uh, I just needed all of these things. And he showed me that he was faithful. He showed me that his goodness, his sweet intimacy that drew me that healed me, that showed me love when I didn't feel loved or helped me know I was seen when I, when I didn't feel seen. Um, just in, and we all go through these struggles. We all do. So finding these things and, and studying Scripture and just praying through them is a great way to access your master gardener. Relationship with him is built through honest communication Listening to and obedience to those things he's telling you in prayer. There's the whole sweet, sweet, sweet Holy Spirit in us. We hear and we have a chance to listen to him. But it takes being still. It takes entering that garden, right? And having that time of just sometimes it's... We, we in our Revelation Fitness class... Um, We've talked about um, Elisa Keaton's Be Still and Be Loved uh, podcast that she does. And it's just purely a time to sit and listen and, and not think, not plan, not do, but just listen. And that's really hard for us to do. It's really hard for us to do, but it's needed. So we have access to our master gardener, or our master gardener is one way we 
um, can enter that garden, the garden of the Lord. But this past week, the Lord was spoke to me just through a couple other incidences that I was in. One of them, which was Tuesday morning in our class, just the relationship that we have there. And um, you all need you all need a community. No matter what it is that you're trying to grow in, you all need a community, and you should be play, you know, should be surrounding yourself with people that are going to build you up, lift you up. That community is so important. Um, Sunday morning, you know, Sunday mornings are we let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That comes from Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five, um, but exhorting one another. So much the more as you see the day approaching. The Lord tells us it's going to get harder. He tells us to exhort, lift up, push, spur on one another. That's so important. And if we isolate ourselves in the struggle and the trials, we have so much vulnerability to the enemy, to the lies, to our own lies. And you, you what's that verse that says? A a three-chord... Three-stranded cord is not easily broken. That's so true. So community is so important, and I praise the Lord for community. Uh, Our community is a community of encouragement, of hope, truth. Um, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That's part of our community. That's part of your community. Are you, do you have someone in your life that's comforting you with words of truth? Not words that you want to hear, but words of truth. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. Um, the same in Hebrews 3.13, but exhort or strongly encourage, urge someone to do something while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And then just the last one, who comforteth us in all our tribulations says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we also are comforted of God. And that's true. We all, just like we talk about in, in um, our Revelation Wellness class, I need them. I'm leading it. The Lord's given me a vision for it, but I'm not there just to comfort them. I need them. They need me. We all need each other. We're comforting each other with the same truths, the same principles that God is comforting them. Because we're all fighting different things at different times. And um, so that community is really important. I, I loved how the Lord said, this is one of your gardens, Renee, is your community that you are surrounded by. The flowers that come out of that, the the blooms of truth and encouragement and growth and fellowship and strength, it's it's a it's a gift. It's a gift. The other way was when I was driving. I was driving up to Marlette from Emily City with Abby, and 
we just had alone time, which is kind of rare, isn't it? But we had time to just be present with one another. And that's another, the Lord said, this is one of my flowers. This feeds your soul. You know that time, like those times when you have to just be present with one other person. Listen to them, encourage them. That's a time that God uses to grow. That, that can be a little garden. And I, I bet every one of us could come up with other examples of, of ways we can walk in the garden. But those were just the things that were most present in my mind. Um, I like with that, that personal, personal presence with someone else. Romans 12, 9 and 10 says, um, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. And I think that's what we do. I think that's um, what brings joy when you're just present one-on-one with someone. So going back to those results from that study, flowers are a moderator of moods and can change a person's mood instantaneously. Does not the Word do that for us? Does not scripture do that to us? Truth of scripture changes us. It changes our perceptions. It creates joy even in the trials and the chaos. And it brings a smile to my face, quite honestly, (laughs) many times. Flowers make people feel happy. That happy and then the happier for longer, that, that result. His word, community, truth, the truth of God's worth, true joy that lasts and takes action. His word does that in our lives. Um, I have a question written here, and I don't even know what I asked it for, so I'm not going to say it. But, but his word, that, that truth is life-changing. More than, more than flowers, because flowers die. God never dies. The truth of God's word never dies, never fades away, never goes without, never goes out in vain. Flowers create intimacy. That's how I would describe my relationship with the Lord. That intimate relationship, that prayer, that time with, that relationship. Not only is it a place to go um, to seek answers, but it's a time, it's a place to go just to focus on who he is, that she, who he is, focus on his presence. Let him give me truth. It's a healing, healing time. And then, um, the other thing, display of flowers were placed in the areas of the home that are open to visitors, which is a symbol for sharing with loved ones. That's what our gospel is, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So that Great Commission, our gardens are for us, but our gardens aren't just for us. They're for sharing they're on display, right? You see gardens everywhere. They're for, dis- they're for sharing. Don't keep it to yourself, but take that and share it with someone else. So I love that. Psalm 62, 5, eight, five through 8. My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. Walk in his garden. Make your expectation from him. 
gather the flowers that he's wanting to put in your life, those sweet gifts, the, his presence, the, the truths that bring healing or joy or just, you know, like all the emotions that are evoked, just like with flowers. The, the song I'm going to close with is called Living Hope, and I chose it because it's talking about living hope. God isn't dead anymore. He is our living hope, just like flowers bring living joy. They're living things. Um, I mean, after they're picked, I guess they're not living anymore. But <laughs> um, So I'm going to sing that song before we clo- or right as we close. And then, Maggie, I'll let you close. But uh, be thinking on that. Walk in the garden daily. <laughs>